Hello, Formula One fans, and welcome back to F1 in Focus. We are the only Formula One podcast where a Dutch and an Englishman can very much get along in the world of Formula One. While having several discussions, race recaps, and discussing racing food and beverages. On show number six, we are doing some experiments with our Between Races show, and we've been away for a while, so maybe we've got to talk about that as well. My name is John, and with me is my dear friend, of course, the man with the best hair in the biz. It's none other than James Hazel. Hello, how are you doing? Welcome back, my friend. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a little while, yeah. yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. No, it's not not only your fault. We yeah. had some uh, unfortunate circumstances, which we won't go into much details. And, of course, we had a little bit of a, um issue with scheduling our podcasts around races that take place very late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got to we gotta figure that out for the new season. For everyone tuning in, retuning in for the sixth episode or tuning in live, we are actually, we, we've decided that it's a good idea to take the next couple of weeks to test some formats of this show, see how things go, bring in some new things. So if you're listening to this, let us know what you think. If you think things hit or don't hit or are very fun to do, let us know so we can tune the show. So next season, because we only have like two races left now, so next season we can actually hit the ground running, keep coming up with far more frequent content, and of course, get a steady format going. Yep. Anything to add there, James? Not really. I mean, if anyone's got any ideas, just feel free to post them in the comment section of wherever you're listening. and. Let us know what you think, yeah. Brilliant stuff. Talking about the comment section and whenever you're listening, if you are one of the, well, actually not two little people listening to the show before, if you still want to come back, of course, after our hiatus, drop us a little five-star review wherever you're listening or uh, share it with your friends. Uh, we are not paid to do this. We are, of course, doing this with every inch of energy we have left <laughs> at this stage of the game. Um, and we can very much appreciate it. It means the world to us. James. Yes. Brazil has been mocked became world champion. Uh, we've had some exciting races, but like I said, like we said in the pre-show, it actually doesn't do much good talking about the race that's been a week ago when we actually produced this show or published yeah. this show. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the most eventful race either anyway, really. So <laughs> I, I said, yeah, Mexico yeah, wasn't Mexico, too bad. Mean, yeah, yeah. yeah so Mexico wasn't, um, it was a snooze fest, James. It was a bit, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's plenty of things to say about it, but 52nd win by Mox, that was a snooze fest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it. watching it live, it looked like it could have been interesting at the start, of, like that first stint when Lewis was kind of hanging on on different tyres, but then you find out after the race that Max was just kind of coasting and just trying to extend his stint as long as he could and make those soft tyres go as far as he could. And then... By time both drivers had done their first, well, their only stop of the race, like the gap was just insane. And Merck just, Mercedes just like praying that his tires drop off and it just never happened. No, just but, driving I mean, consistently 122s. I don't know why they expect <laughs> that anymore because I think we know now that, I mean, if Mercedes don't know it by now, they never will. And that is that the Red Bulls are just phenomenal at tire management and tire wear, it seems. Especially when you compare them to something like the Ferrari that just chews through tires like 
God knows what. <laughs> yeah, that that's a bit of an off point for Ferrari this season. Um, one thing I want to discuss quickly about for a start on on trial format in a bit. Yeah. Um, is why would you start a Mercedes on mediums? That leaves you no other options than to go to hards, and basically, it gives you a little chance to actually take overtake Max at the start. I, th- I'm in two minds about this because I think if if Mercedes had just matched the Red Bull strategy, they weren't going to beat them on that. I think maybe what they were hoping for was a safety car or something, because if if you've got if you if you're on the medium tires and you can extend your stint further, then that gives you like a a bigger window for a safety car or some sort of incident to occur. Why not do it with one car then? Well, yeah, I mean they could have split the strategy. That probably would have been the better idea, really. But I think if you just I think if Mercedes just if all they ever do is match what Red Bull are doing, they're never going to beat Red Bull in a straight fight. They're, they're always going to have to rely on. A Red Bull not finishing the race to beat it, I think. Ah, I guess especially, that's fair. Especially Max's car anyway, or Max himself. But if you try and do something different with the strategy, I guess you're, you're just creating, or you, you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position to take, up, take advantage of potential opportunities that might crop up, I suppose. Uh, My issue here is that if you start on the, Mediums, right? Yeah. Um, you know, soft won't last. No. Basically, you you are out of options. You only yeah. have one option left. Yeah. Or two options. options. You could go two sto- three stopper, but that doesn't seem like a valid strategy. So you there's only you could go to hard. That's it. Yeah. And if you start with the softs, that leaves you with multiple options: either go hard and go long, or go medium. And again, back to soft, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it sort of felt like they gave uh, up a little bit and. When Lewis started chasing Max, you said this is done deal because, well, the Max is just driving away, screws in. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 his tires probably will fall off. But yeah, he took a 25 laps of 122s constantly yeah. or something like a metronome. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I, mean, I suppose they could have tried to go more aggressive. They could have either like mediums onto two sets of softs and do a two stop or try and drag the mediums out. Oh, you on. saw what Ricardo did with, uh, yeah. with softs on the end, so... Exactly, like drag it out and then go softs at the end. But then you're relying on the Mercedes to be able to overtake. And one different... Like, everyone's comparing to what Ricardo did, but Ricardo was in... Slamming off people. I mean, Ricardo... Well, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's either overtaking them or he's just, just battering them off the road. <laughs> But he's in, really, he's in the fourth fastest car, isn't he? You've got Red Bull, clearly the fastest. Mercedes are maybe the second fastest car now. Ferrari, third or second. Those two are kind of interchangeable, depending on the circuit. And then McLaren are generally the fourth fastest car. Maybe sometimes um, that's a competition with Alpine, depending on the circuit as well. Mm -hmm. And he was like down in, what, like 13th place when he put the softs on. And he was overtaking like a Haas and an Alpine and Alfa Romeos and stuff. That are, they're kind of easy pickings for McLaren, really, considering, especially when you've got tire advantage like that. And what I'm getting at really is Mercedes wouldn't have that luxury if they 
did a similar strategy because they'd be fighting with cars that are much closer, like within their same sort of window, if that makes sense, of like speed. Or maybe not top speed, but overall lap time. So it, may, it would make overtaking more difficult. So I think they were just playing entirely on track position because where they were pretty strong was that second sector and part of the third sector. So they could, they could eke out enough of a lead there so that by the time they got to the start-finish straight, which is a hell of a straight that the Mercedes <laughs> would get mugged on if anyone was close to them, because they were so fast in the other sectors, they had enough an advantage or held, you know, an opposing driver, closing in driver off to not allow them to get DRS and overtake them. So track advantage was working for them. Um, yeah, well, you could say if you started on red, you might have overtaken Max, although he has a terrific start. You did, have and a then you would start. definitely have track advantage, right? Yeah. So. Um, I mean. Maybe some, maybe one of them could have overtaken him on the start. I don't know. I mean, ah, uh, yeah, you're right. Also, it's like hindsight and hindsight, everything's easy, right? Exactly. I, I think, I think Mercedes did the right thing. To be honest, I, I, I saw um, Benotto had said something about Mercedes have like lost two races through picking the wrong strategy, and it was kind of. <laughs> I think Benotto is not the one to talk about losing well, races no, and he's, because he's of strategy. Kind of, he's kind of comparing. <laughs> what Ferrari doing with what Mercedes is doing. But first of all, I don't think his statement is correct. And second of all, I don't think him of all people should be making those sorts of comparisons when you look at how Ferrari have performed earlier on in the season. But yeah. I think that's F1 politics for you. Talking about cheating while you team was also on the list. But hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> talking to you, Zach Moore. Talking to you, Binotto. But hey. Yeah. Uh, let's not go into that. Or maybe we shall, because it is time for our new test format. Um, so we always had an issue. Like if we have to record late and the race is already done, or what do we do if there's a two-week hiatus between races? Um, so we want to talk. Let's talk about how we're going to do this. Is we each take a topic, or two topics actually. We each take two topics. You name a word, and we discuss about five, ten minutes, see how far we get. See if this leads to uh, an Englishman and a Dutchman actually getting angry at each other or still being very much friendly with each other um, because there's a lot of things happening and we figured out we can't fit this all in a 60-minute podcast which ends up being 90 minutes, which ends up having to cut it in pieces. Uh, so let's see if this works better. Let us know what you think. But James, what would, your, what would be your first topic today to mention? I want to talk about wet tires. <laughs> <laughs> There aren't any. <laughs> Next topic. Full, full wets. Like, what is the point of them? And what can we do? Oh, well, not us personally, but what can the sport do to make wet tires work? Because they're just, they're so redundant. Like, we don't start a race when wet tires are suitable. And by the time we get to a point where we can race, we're already onto intermediates. So we don't use wet tires or we don't see wet tires on the track. And when you look, uh, which race was it? It was uh, Suzuka, wasn't it? Yeah. When Christian Horner even said, like, even when the track's completely soaking wet, the wet tire is still not worth taking because it is so much slower than, like, tiptoeing around on intermediates. So Formula One needs to come up with a way of making, maybe not, like, torrential downpour typhoon like 
circuit flooded kind of situations work, but just a wet track. Um, yeah, so I think we, everyone wants to see just the wets being useful, right? I have to admit that there's one thing there, though. There's one thing which we can't really blame anyone. So there are no practice sessions. There are no free, like, tire sessions properly anymore and because of the weekends being extended and there's been so many races. So it's not that Pirelli can test for four weeks in a row on all kinds of different surfaces. And when they do have a tire test and it starts to rain, they either didn't bring the rain tires or it is so dangerous that it's actually not allowed to do so. So those separate test days, which we will get after the season ends in Abu Dhabi, right? For example, mm -hmm. these are far too few. So the tires for next season have to be ready and you got one moment to test it later on. Yeah. And if they are not good enough, they're not good enough. And I think that's happened with Pirelli. You got all kinds of, we see a lot of Formula One teams going into a wind tunnel, getting a part done, looks all good. And then you test them and it's, it's rubbish. Yeah. The biggest advantage for Formula One team is they can try again next week. This advantage for Pirelli is they can try again next year. Yeah. I think that's the biggest issue. And I think Max Verstappen, for example, said, I wanted to help. If you need me to test it somewhere and we can find a place to do it, I'll be happy to help because I think all the drivers want it. All the, the, like all the audience wants it. Everyone wants it, but Pirelli as well. I just think they hardly test under these circumstances. So it's really hard to create a great tire to do so, especially in a year where ground effect has been introduced. Of course, it's been far more important in the rain we've seen with the, with the um, spray, for example. Yeah. Far more expressive than we've ever thought. And I think Pirelli was one of those players that was surprised by it. Um, and also, we've had a tremendous amount of rain uh, races this year, which we, yeah, it's been a while really. since we have those amounts of races as well, right? Yeah, more than, more than usual, it feels like, yeah. Do you think, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's very few gaps to do this, but like some sort of in-season testing then, maybe like, I mean, I know that they make use of, uh, there's some free practice sessions that they used, don't they? They used one recently. Two in a row from the Americas and um, Japan. Yeah. Well, where Japan's both... got cancelled, didn't it, because of the rain, because they brought dry tires. Yeah, but the two well. races after. So we got America and we got uh, Mexico where they both did it, actually. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. And both practice sessions, if you review it, it doesn't make any sense because you get put on tires and those tires aren't even marked. So you really knows which kind of tires you're on. Yeah. And they provide feedback. You've got a program to run, which is a good way of doing it, right? But it makes a weekend, I don't mind the next uh, uh, one free practice less for the setups. We've seen that can actually lead to some results. As for Ryan, not for, yeah. for example, not participating well. Um, that's definitely an option, but why not get a, a super license point system in for test drivers where they get a car from this year, for example, to be used, get them to drive a week on a, on a wet track. I suppose they have to be a little Something like that. A little bit careful with that. It's, I, I mean, it's, it's it's more difficult this year, I suppose, because this is the first year of new regulations. So using a previous car would like be completely pointless. But I suppose from next year, because I well, what I mean is like if you use That's the right. current year's car, teams would just sneak, try and sneak stuff on there and use it for testing. You know, like. 
I don't know, different front wing or some other like parts or something just to get some extra mileage out of something and test it, which obviously they don't want to be allowing unless every team is running a car at this uh, whatever these sessions are. Uh, but going forward, going forwards after this year, you could always just say, well, we use last year's car. Exactly. And you I think have, you can't have any of this year's parts on it. It can only be last year's parts. But then, yeah, I, there, there must be a way to do it. There must be. Yeah, but not by the current teams and not by the current standards, I think. And I think it's easy to blame Pirelli, but it's like you have to do something. You think you've done well, but once it gets into put into practice, it has to be yeah. right. And you can't really change it anymore as well. So, no. and I suppose once you start talking about testing, the, the the teams are their own problem on this because they push boundaries. That's what they do. So, like I said, to, to try and you know t- test things and gain an advantage through a tire test and using it more like a car test than a tire test. So I suppose that's why this doesn't really happen at the moment because it's a hard thing to police, maybe. Because I suppose, like, back in the day, like, I mean, thinking back to, like, Michael Schumacher's era, if he wasn't at a race weekend, he was just constantly doing laps around Ferrari's test track. But they got unlimited test days by then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I can understand why you don't do that now, because there's a lot of teams that, I mean, is there any team that has a personal track other than Ferrari? I don't think there is. Um. I think was it Red Bull or one of the other teams were wanting to build one. Probably Red Red Bull wants to build everything these days. So maybe they don't. I don't think they have one yet, or maybe maybe they do, and it's a recent thing. But I remember there was another team wanting to build it. But Ferrari, obviously, their factory has a circuit in its back garden, effectively. So yeah, but testing you can't, you can't test unlimited anymore as well. No, it's all the good, that, good I mean, caps they, and stuff. So well, this is why they can't do it because some teams like like Ferrari, they just have a circuit. They can just go out the back and test something, literally build it, build it on a car and take it out. A team like, even like Mercedes or Red Bull, a top team, they would have to like book a session at a circuit somewhere. I'm pretty sure they can both uh, rent a silver cell for a day or so. Yeah, but you've still got to kind of make that booking, set the time aside, travel there to it. That's what true. I mean is when you compare it to Ferrari, it's literally stick something on the car, drive it out of the garage and you're on a track. Whilst any other team would have to transport car and parts and team members and all the rest of it to wherever they're going to test. So, but anyway, that's sorry, I kind of ranted on about that, and it's it's all for nothing because <laughs> yeah. it's never going to happen. But this, but I suppose this is why. Summarize. I think it's important that it's crap. Yeah. It is important that I don't think we can actually blame Pirelli too much. Because this is definitely something of Formula One itself by pushing in so many races in a year in such a tight schedule that there's it. just no room to do anything if if you fail yeah. the first time. It leaves no opportunity for anyone to do anything, even if Formula One and the teams all agreed that they wanted to do some sort of, you know, like three or four in season test sessions that they they can all do, similar to like Barcelona at the start of the season, where they, rather than have a race yeah. you have a test weekend. There's just no space for that in the calendar because the entire kind of active Formula One season and beyond really, because we go we go into November now, which we never used to do. Like it's all we just finished almost by December now, right? 
Yeah, just putting it's, it out there. It's just all taken up with race weekends now. The only gap you've got is the summer break, and the whole point of the summer break is to let people go home and decompress and unwind and actually spend some time with their families rather than traveling around the world. All they can't even do anything there. So. Yeah, exactly. Factories are closed. So, well, not for the whole break, are they? They have to close for, I think it's it one. Except two. catering, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone could still show up for their free meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shall we not go there too much? Okay. So, yeah, so you can't do testing. I guess that's why they use the free practice sessions for sort of testing, but it doesn't really work in that all they're doing is testing for next year. And they're maybe not able to do enough testing for next year because, I mean, certainly if you look at this year, the wet tires are not suitable. Oh, they're not. So They're definitely not. Um, let's hope we can uh, have a better uh, wet tires next year. Yeah. James, I don't know which pick, mate. There's so much I want to discuss, but we have to pick a topic. Yeah. So the the... Maybe boring topic could be Max Stopper world champion, Red Bull winning the world title. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Max winning the 14th win in the season now needs to have two more wins to actually also percentage wise have the most wins in the season. Does um, he beat but, it or does he tie it? No, 13 was the win, 13 was the yeah. record. No, so now I mean, he beat he, the record. If he gets the two, if he gets the two more wins, does he then he beats it? Yeah, he on beats percentage. The percentage. So. Yeah. Okay, that's that'd be impressive if he does get that. Because I, yeah. I feel like the wins in the season, I mean, even Max talks it down a little bit, really. Like his engineer brings it up and uh, Christian Horner brings it up. But Max, I think he understands, maybe he's a bit more into his history and looking more at like the fact that there are more races. I mean, one thing that you could say is that he got his 13th win on his 19th race, which matches what Vettel did. Yeah. He, he won 13 and 19. So he's matched what Vettel did. Um, but nevertheless, yeah. record or not, it's an impressive feat, right? Oh, it's, it's massively impressive. Yeah. And um, I've, I think he's, he's proven this year that he's, he's evolved in every single area. Uh, yeah. more mature he's still i see people say he's still uh very angry over the radio at times i think oh. he's just very demanding for himself and for everyone around all the drivers are though i don't i don't think anybody really can i, well, I don't understand how anyone can anyway is like <laughs> look at how a driver reacts in the heat at the moment because they all do the same thing like it, it, as me as a hamilton fan if i complained about max verstappen getting shirty over the radio like hamilton does it all the time as well no 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 across the line at nine at 10 11 <laughs> alonso 12 does it alonso does it george russell is this? does it yeah. <laughs> norris does it like all all the popular drivers vettel does it everyone does it because when you're in the heat of the moment and adrenaline's rushing like even yuki does it uh, no no he's he's the, <laughs> he's, the, he's the calmest of them all he's <laughs> no, but uh, it's. Uh, but Yuki said he was very disappointed after this week, so he kept it friendly. He, um, yeah, to be fair, actually, he did keep it quite calm this weekend after getting 
Bunted out by Daniel. Yeah, destruction Derby there out of the race. Yeah. <laughs> um, or this was the unoriginal topic, but I think we have to touch on Max Verstappen and his race yeah, performance, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, I, I can see him win the next two as well, but let's not let's see how far that goes. But the actual topic I wanted to discuss was stewards. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see your face doing it already. It's like, oh no. I mean, I don't feel like they learned many lessons from last year so far this year, really. They've just been inconsistent. I mean, look at what was the comparison you made? Uh, oh, it was it was Ricardo punting. Um, I said Daniel gets. Uh... Compared to what George Russell did last year, uh, last race. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Russell punts off Sainz and gets five seconds. Yeah. Daniel punts off uh, Yuki gets 10 seconds. I suppose the only difference might be that they give a little bit of leniency for first lap, first corner incidents, but that feels unfair. And that's that was my point. And uh, then... Um, uh, I think Leclerc goes out of the corner in Japan and uh, cuts off and five yeah, like immediately gets a penalty. Yeah, I think that was a good call, right? Yeah. Although then we see uh, uh, Daniel taking two or two laps to do, which he sometimes being investigated after the race. Um, yeah. And I think we saw Stroll getting how much? For punting off Alonso, honestly, because that was a big mistake, I think, which has to be punished. Um, that was a penalty. He did two, not finish. Two, two, two penalty penalties. points and yeah. three place grid position drop for the next race. Yeah, so the three grids is a bit low, maybe. I mean, it's yeah. hard to find consistency in this. And I always, uh, it's sometimes hard to, to like, it's it, late calls, early calls. It's so inconsistent and that has to be fixed, I think. And what I don't, Cat, honestly, is how can it be that this sport is worth four and a half billion, something like that? Yeah. How can we not have more stewards being on it, top of it? it uh, like every stu- every driver has an onboard steward. Every driver has. It's not even up. just the stewards. Well, I mean, it's the steward, but it's the it's it's this whole like interpretation of the rules and stuff, and like how. You know, you could take what looks from the outside to be two identical incidents and you get completely different results as far as penalties and investigations and stuff go. Um, I mean, I I got a bit frustrated talking about it on this podcast the other week. I know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Perez at Silverstone. Like that one still, also? still bothers me quite a lot because it's like... They come into the season saying, like, okay, last year there was a few things that got a bit out of hand, like forcing drivers off the track and what have you. Um, we're going to really clamp down clamp down on that this year. So you have to be, like, a certain position alongside somebody to be deemed, like, entitled to the line and stuff like that and to be given racing space and stuff like this. And the, the whole kind of... All four wheels on the, or not all four wheels, but yeah, part, part of your car has to be on the track. Which, to be fair, this year they have been a lot more strict on that, especially in things like qualifying. Um, where if you go over the white line, that's it. You clusters off the track. You're in a lot of times deleted. I like that this year that that's been 
kind of stuck to a lot more. But then there's, there has been instances during races, and Perez, as an example, completely cut the corner of that uh, chicane, gets no penalty for leaving the track, gets no penalty for... Because he left the track, he had to come back onto it. He came back onto it somewhat dangerously, forced Leclerc off the track and went off the track himself again. I, there's just, there's no consistency, and it's, it's frustrating. And the thing that annoys me the most about this, really, is that Formula One sells itself as being like the pinnacle of motorsport, and it can't even get its own rules correct sometimes, and certainly makes it, I mean, we are not casual viewers, are we really? We're like, we wouldn't be doing a podcast for a start if we were casual viewers, but we are. Or watching all three screens to make sure you see all the lab boards. I I, I don't don't do that. I've said this before. You've basically got race control in your living room. (laughs) You've got your iPad, you've got your laptop, you've got your TV, you've got everything going with all your different timing screens and stuff. I don't do that. But, you know, like, I keep up to date on like Twitter and Reddit and various news websites and stuff like that. Like I follow it more than just tuning in on a Saturday for qualifying and Sunday for the race. Um, and if your average viewer is coming in just to watch those two sh- sessions on a weekend, because they're the ones that get televised, like mainstream. How can you explain stuff? <laughs> yeah, like that must be confusing to some casual viewers. Uh, and the sport shouldn't be confusing and there shouldn't be gray areas and rules shouldn't be open to interpretations. Like it, it just feels like there are aspects of formula one that just feel a bit amateur considering the net value of the sport and you know, whatever four and a half billion or whatever it is you just said, I really don't know what it's worth, but. Oh, I, I I don't get why, for example, Ricardo Pinsolf, a driver, gets punished for it. The driver can't presume. He gets 10 seconds. I think he should get a stop and go at least because he would drive away. He wasn't soft. He, the moment they gave the penalty, he knew he wouldn't actually suffer from it. Um, yeah. He actually well, got driver of the day, which I think if you get a penalty, you're never allowed to be driver of the day, no matter no, who votes. I, but hey. I don't think so either on that one, to be honest. Um, yeah, one thing with that penalty... At the time, his penalty was already redundant. He he got a ten yeah. sec- he got a ten second penalty, didn't he? And he, he I can't remember exactly what position it was, but let's say it was twelfth, and he'd punted. No, it might have been eleventh. He'd punted Sonoda off. He was in eleventh place. Twelfth place was like eleven seconds behind him. Well, what's the point of a ten second penalty? Exactly, it's, it's worth nothing. Like, and he doesn't care about penalty points. No, he's not I even driving anymore. I would rather see. A drive-through penalty, or some sort of forced stop go. Probably a drive-through is better than that, really, because stop. Yeah, feel like they should be saved yeah. for something really, really harsh. Um, I think they should still give throw a stop and go penalty. Like next race, he starts first lap. He has to get, take a stop and go because of what he did with Alonso. Uh, <laughs> thing i'm not sure about on that is punishing no no i was punishing someone else i think that was one severe i think that was yeah i mean i i think the grid penalty is fair i think it should have been five places rather than three three doesn't feel like it you get three for yellow flag ignoring during qualifying so yeah it's a little bit much anyways 
Well done, Max. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're talking about Max. <laughs> well, and, we, of course, season. I wanted to talk about stewards, but I'm, it's uh, frustrating. We'll have, to, we'll have to pay more attention to it next year. Um, but I do think it has to be more consistent. Mm. And faster. What topic do you have left? Or which word do you want to mention? I was, I, I was in two minds, actually. I, was, I originally wanted to talk about the different concepts that teams have adopted this year. Like looking at the top three teams, they have completely different era kind of takes on this season. But actually, I want to talk about the technical directive that came in halfway through the season. <laughs> All right, the floor. Yeah. I feel like Christian Horner played a blinder with that. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he completely reverse blagged it and just like made it sound like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be done. We argue against it. Whatever. We don't want this. And then it comes into effect, and it's like, ha ha! You've made us faster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they made everyone else slower. Honestly. Well, I think it did help Mercedes. It seems. I mean, Mercedes have obviously been doing a lot of other stuff with their car to figure it out from the start of the season. They were the ones lobbying this though. They were. And maybe the technical directive has helped them a bit, but I think that also saying, saying that doesn't maybe give full props to the team for actually figuring that car out a bit because it was absolute trash at the start of the season really, wasn't it? Uh, that's very true and I hopefully we can get them to fight next year again yeah I hope so I mean it got they seem to they seem to be getting into a better place before the technical directive even kind of kicked in and then they had some absolute stinkers in between though this yeah. weekend we're going to fight for the for the win and oh. then finishing like fifth and <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so every time they say it now like yeah okay you know what maybe just show it first instead of saying it but they did well in the Mexico so. Yeah, uh, doing well in America as well. Yeah. Um, or did Ferrari do not so well? Ferrari got hammered by it. It seems. I mean, Ferrari seemed to be a little bit hit and miss that here and there with their car before the technical directive. But I feel like that's like the biggest part of their problems recently. I mean, other than Carlos getting pole position at America and then <laughs> immediately getting punted off for his efforts. His Ford did not finish in the lap one this season. Yeah. That's a lot, though. I think that's a, I know it's not a topic, right? But uh, being punt, like crashing in lap one four times when you're one of the top four drivers, generally speaking. Can't afford to do that. Right. Really can't, right? No. He had a he had a really rough start to the season, didn't he? He had a lot of I mean he had some mistakes, he had some reliability issues. I mean he had his car effectively just imploding on him and um <laughs> that was Austria. No. Yeah, that was Austria, wasn't it? Uh well, while in the lead. So yeah. While in the lead. Um so he's he's had some bad luck, but he's also he had he has also made some mistakes. But by a technical directive, I think you are very much correct. Uh, Ferrari got hit the most by it. Red Bull took a blind like, No, no, yeah. I don't know. This is going to hurt. We don't want to do this. And then I suddenly. Kind of, I kind of wish they hadn't done it now. I mean, I, I was a little bit, I think I was a little bit for it at the time, just because. I wasn't. No, you weren't. 
Uh, I definitely remember that. <laughs> and now I wish they hadn't because I feel like the championship has just become completely imbalanced and just com- entirely into Max. I mean, this isn't downplaying Max Verstappen, who even if the only person you can, can compare him to really is his teammate, he is absolutely demolishing his teammate. He is clearly by far the fastest driver in that team and he's got a good car and he's like, I mean, he's the fastest driver in Formula One at the moment. Um, yeah, the technical directive just kind of just made the second half of the season just fizzle out. Like Ferrari ended up nowhere. I mean, look at Spa, the first race after the when the, that directive kicked in. No. And Matt, even Perez was like, 10 seconds up the road or however far it was. 27 second lead and then uh, 17 seconds on Paris and then 10 seconds on... Uh, yeah, like... Yeah, it was a bit... Those much. Red Bulls just... I mean, they just came out swinging after the summer break and just absolutely destroyed the field. And other than America being a little bit close and Mexico being a little bit close, it's been kind of like that ever since, I suppose. I mean... Suzuka obviously was a massive lead. Mexico really actually was a massive lead once. Uh, America as well, though, because once Baz Lewis, it was pretty much done, right? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, you were on the edge of your seat a little bit for that race, though, weren't you? You, you, thought, you thought Max was going to struggle to catch Lewis. And I, I did not believe that for one second. And then, yeah, he just caught him past him disappeared a little bit and yeah yeah i think uh this shows how much max has also um improved where i was Definitely. before i would he would have burned off his tires before he came to lewis and then lewis drove away yeah previous years and this year he just is consistently reeling him in then gets near him and then he goes all out and then it's done which yeah. is i think the shows confidence shows faith in the car but also shows how much mature he drives, generally mm-hmm. speaking. I think that's a pretty impressive thing to, to have in your toolkit. Yeah. Lewis can do the same, right? Catch anyone with like two tens a lap and then suddenly he's there and then boom, two seconds away. Like what happened there? Yeah. Um, and then there are not many people that can do that. So I'm, I was impressed by that. And then that race, I didn't expect it. So that's why I was, oh, he gets near, but then Lewis' tires are there and then done. But apparently it wasn't. For me, it doesn't matter. Of course, I'm quite happy with that result. But um, yeah. looking forward to next season. Could be a couple of good races. And I think we still got some good races, though. I think Brazil's going to be good. I mean, that's... If we get Brazil, though. Well, good. yeah. What's the... going on with that? Because I know there's a lot of drama politically going on. And I'm... are they potentially going to cancel the race? Well, there's not now discussions going on. Is there an option to postpone it or... Because it's not really safe, maybe. No, it might not be. I know and with all the roadblocks, it was actually hard getting gear in already. So. Yeah, a bit of unrest, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a shame if it doesn't happen because it's it's a great circuit. and <laughs> Make sure Max doesn't get the record either. Uh, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, think that's the biggest word. Safety's always for a uh, No, because if he, if there's one less race and he wins that, well, how does Oh, he actually wins it easier. Yeah. Percentage gets higher. Ah, oh, that's cool. Good show. Because he's he's already got where well, he's tied 
No. How many wins has he got now? 14. 14. So he's, he's beaten the, the, the record of wins yeah. in the season. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but... Definitely. I think if we get Brazil, Brazil will be a good race. It usually Abu Dhabi is always a great race, though. Um, ish. Well, it's a, it's a yeah. Okay, let's not talk about Lassie maybe, but well, it's always it, a good not... sight. It's good entertainment. It looks beautiful. There's good races, good fighting going on. Yeah, it has the potential to be. And with the changes last year to the turns, right? With the chicanes, it's become it's. Much better. Made the circuit better, yeah. And it, obviously, they got the new regs this year that'll make following a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I don't like about Abu Dhabi is the um, the fact that the the pack always always seems to end up so spread out of that circuit. You get a lot of lapped cars, um, and you get it's fast, eh? Yeah. yeah. Same with Monza usually. So yeah, which it kind of ruins it a bit because you often get the camera cut into like. Oh look at this amazing battle for eighth, ninth, and tenth, and it's like they're already a lap down. Like it's not. Well, is it? I don't. Like, I will but it's not super interesting. It's not like front of the pack racing. It's that's true. I think that's a topic for another show because I do think direction, race direction, or oh, camera okay. race could be something we <laughs> could definitely have a look at. I want to do one to f- funny one maybe to end up with. Okay, yeah. Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly. <laughs> He has been very uh, angry in Japan. We spoke about that on the last show. Yeah. Uh, rightfully so. He got two penalty points from that. Rightfully so. Yep. He's stacked up a little bit more penalties after, <laughs> after that one. Yeah, what? What did he do? Also, for, he, he, he got the last one for penalty for safety car infringement, leaving too many than 10. Uh, more America, than that was it, yeah. That felt really harsh to me. Because but then, this weekend... He also punted off, I think, straw, and he didn't get anything for that. He could have got a penalty for that one as well, right? He got a five-second penalty. Oh, did he got? Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, he got a penalty yeah. for that as well. Yeah, one point, I think. I don't know about penalty points, but he definitely got a time penalty during the race. He's currently on ten penalty points. Yeah, and the first one doesn't expire until May next year. <laughs> that means two more penalty points he has in race ban. Yeah. Let's take that into consideration that he's driving his best. He. Ocon lost next year. Yeah. For the first six races. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ocon's going to be able to use that as an opportunity to assert dominance, I think. <laughs> he should, right? I mean, should, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, that's going to be one explosive uh, duo. And I think that he, <laughs> the fact that he's on penalty, that he's on the, the penalty stop pot now. I am really hoping that doesn't end up being anticlimactic, and I don't know if I don't know how that would happen. Whether it would be either Gasly just is like so much faster than Ocon, or he just he has a Ricardo and he doesn't get on with the car, and he ends up being like much slower than Ocon. I'm so that, afraid that's what's going to happen. Though. That's what I'm really scared of. And then career over. Yeah, and Gasly doesn't deserve that. I mean, we okay, we've just kind of giving him a bit of stick for his penalty points and stuff at the moment. But he is a good driver, and I, he does deserve a seat in Formula 1. And uh, it would be a shame if he has a bad season next year and he effect- effectively does a Ricardo. But I, I'm I'm somewhat hopeful that doesn't happen because I think he's a good enough driver not for that to happen. But then 
you could have said the same about Ricardo and look how that panned out. So, yeah. I mean, he was, he was obviously he was brilliant at Red Bull and he was doing great for Renault considering the Renault. Uh, it's just not panned out from a McLaren. So, yeah, hopefully Gasly and Ocon have a nice tight fight. Yeah, I remember some tight fights between him and Alonso this year, though. Yeah, so yeah. I'm doubtful that will actually happen. Although Alonso is experienced enough to, not to get his water boiled by it. But I'm afraid in Gasly's current shape that might happen. In football, though, I also do, of course, a football podcast. What I would recommend is taking a yellow card before the final. Meaning uh, yeah. I would try to get two more penalty points before the season ends yeah. to skip out of Abu Dhabi, get on an early holiday yeah. and just yeah. start a fresh new year. Just wipe someone out. When it's out of the race <laughs> Sorry. <and> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Does it actually reset your points though? Or do you continue? It does, yeah. Oh, it does? Yeah. yeah. You get the ban and then you start the nil. Okay, that's definitely what I used to do then. Yeah, yeah so that's what I would do. <laughs> uh, Alpine are in a pretty tight fight in the Constructors' Championship, though, at least. So maybe he wants to... Uh... If he gets out, if he takes out Daniel softly, he gets yeah. a penalty points. His new team gets played before in the Championship. He starts there being yeah. a hero and with a clean sheet. Uh, well, they're in a fight with Haas, actually. So it needs to wipe out. Uh, yeah, but he's thinking about he's thinking about uh, Alpine, not about. All uh, oh, right. Oh uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're just wiping out uh, Ricardo. He tried it with Stroll, but that didn't work. So well, he's something out of the Godfather. Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> sends his regards. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> now he sleeps with the fishes, but very softly because we don't want to get. Oh, no, I no, just want. Got... I just want to do penalty points, or he just goes on the radio and talks about the FIA. Yeah. Let's see how many points he can rack up by just talking. What if he does a Maldonado and just blatantly jumps the start? <laughs> Actually. That? <laughs> <laughs> was that in, I, I want to say that was Spa, but I'm not sure that it was Spa, but he just like, I remember uh, Charlie Whiting, there was a, it like cut to a replay of Charlie and he was just sort of like, what am I seeing you? Complete <laughs> bewilderment and then just shaking his head in sheer disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely. Oh, um, James, we are up to prediction for Brazil, mate. Okay. Uh, podium plus one weird thing that's going to happen. Podium. Hamilton, Max. <laughs> Perez. Normally, I would have to do this. <laughs> um... Okay. Oh, okay. I'm uh, I, right. The, I'm gonna. I'm gonna justify this. I'm saying Hamilton because look how fast that Mercedes was in those sectors at Mexico. Mm-hmm. About eighty percent of the track is like that at uh, Interlagos. It's very like uh, start is like the final turn into turn one is of course you've really got, really fast. You've got a couple of. You've got like a pretty. Then long you got the slingshot, and then you got another fast and then in, long street. Straight through the chicane, but the the Merck's pretty quick on the corners at the moment. I it's think, also very bumpy. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't know how much altitude was playing into that at Mexico as well. To be fair for for the Mercedes, but also I remember the last time that someone had a rocket ship at Brazil. Yeah. Um, so that was <laughs> Lewis Hamilton himself. He just 
had a race of his life, started 20th, I think, just he won the race. He, start, he started dead last. He finished the sprint race in like... Sixth 10th. or something? Eighth? Or something. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. And then oh, and then he took a penalty after that, yeah. Yeah, and then oh, he yeah. jumped back and then won him. That's so. right. It was because of the rear wing thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So he had to start at the back of the grid. Then he had to take his engine penalty. Um, and he still won the race. So I'm definitely seeing a Red Bull fly this weekend now. I'm not, I'm not thinking. But okay, the weird thing though, you say Hamilton, I'll have to write this down for the next one. So you say that Hamilton, Mark, I'm saying Hamilton as well because, like, even you if want you him to get his win. He, well, I want him to get his win, but even if you ignore what he did last year, uh, last year, like, it is just historically a great circuit for him. He does well there. So that's true. Mark doesn't do bad either, there, though. So. No. Well, let's see. High, there's a high chance Max is going to win it, but I want to keep the predictions interesting a little bit as well. So I'm going to, yeah. No, no, that's, that's a cool one. It's I'm a cool actually one. a little bit unsure about calling Perez third now because maybe Russell can beat him to third. But okay, I'll do a different one. That's Max, Saints, and Leclerc. Oh, okay. Which would be weird because if I was Ferrari, would always let Leclerc finish above Saints to actually out out perform Perez, right, in the championship. Yeah. But I'm also unsure they would take away second place from Saints. So I'm going to say Mark Saints Leclerc. Is there any point in doing that now, though? Because... Only for Leclerc's confidence. Yeah, but there's no point, really. They just want to be maximizing their team points. To Well, do they want to finish second in the championship? I don't know. They might actually want to win, become third, but that's another discussion because you get a little bit more wind all time. Yeah. 6% something. So... Maybe this, you actually this, want to get in third <laughs> now anyway. This is one thing I'm a little bit scared of with these rules is that the top teams don't need the money. So they mm. might start throwing races to get more. Well, if you don't become the champion, you don't care about two or second or third, Definitely. I guess. And so um, now you have to fight for third to actually Mercedes and Ferrari are just saying, we actually don't want, either of us don't want to get the second place. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you end up with a situation like this um it's completely off topic for a Formula One podcast, but in the NBA, yeah, uh, because they get like lottery picks that they use to pick players during the draft, and the worse you finish, the more chance you have for start uh, having a higher pick. So being able to pick a, a decent player, um, and that is a massive problem in the NBA is that teams will actively spend a season just tanking to basically like take on bad contracts, take on bad players, have an absolutely atrocious roster and just waste a season to get a lottery pick. Uh, and Formula One with the way it's structured now could end up in a similar situation where teams are actively like trying to not maximize a weekend so that they can finish lower in the standings and get more, uh, yeah, I don't think nobody. I don't think anyone cares about second. Like Ferrari doesn't exactly. care about second. And the top Mercedes teams have enough money that they don't need to worry about the money that comes from the. No, they just want to win the championship to, for the brands and sponsors. Yeah, but if you smaller, don't have that, then the smaller right. teams might care. I mean, obviously, like you know, like looking at Alpine and McLaren, they're battling for a lot of money there for them, and even the teams lower down now, Williams and Haas and. No, well, they are right because Alfa Tauri is at thirty-five, Haas is at thirty-six, yeah. Aston Martin at forty-nine, and for uh, Alfa Romeo is at fifty-three. So that's a pretty cool, yeah. Things and McLaren and Alpine are one fifty-three and one forty-six. So yeah, it's, uh, 
There's some close fights. Those are cool players. And they probably are genuinely fighting because they want the money. But Mercedes and Ferrari don't need the money. So would The they... only thing is, something we're forgetting here, is that most of the teams, personnel from teams, have bonuses attached to the value of the constructor. So there is a lot. Let, that, yeah. There's probably a lot of bonuses you can net if you're an employee of a Mercedes racing team, if you get yeah. second over third. So although the team itself doesn't wouldn't really care and might want more win tunnel time strategically, if you're working there, you probably want that second place. So Yeah, and there might be get-out clauses where if the team's really bad, like I think drivers have that. If they're signing for a top team and two years later that team might be really bad, they might have a get-out clause because the team's now trash effectively. So yeah. there could be some of that, especially with like some of the top like, engineers and stuff maybe. But could be. What's the... What the f- the weird thing is going to happen? I hadn't actually thought about this. <laughs> um, or the, unsu- go- the surprising thing, I should say. It's, there's going to be rain, and we're going to see the wet tires. <laughs> I don't think we will. I don't think we'll see the wet tires after what we've just been saying about them. Could see rain, though. Could That's not rain. Rain. question. It's not unlikely. Uh, it appears out of nowhere, doesn't it, in, uh, in Telagos? Yeah. Surrounded by hills, so. So good, definitely. Okay, so you predict rain? Not just uh, rain, but full wets get used in race conditions. Because <laughs> that seems highly unlikely, but maybe it does happen. Who knows? You know what also very unlikely is? That Pires will... I can't say he wins this race because I said Mox will win, but Pires will qualify on pole position. No way. Well, I, I mean, that's the whole point of this, I suppose. <laughs> unlikely <laughs> things that might happen. Well, I said last week when we was like unlikely things to happen, I said both Alpine will blow up in the yeah. race. It took him one, so I was halfway there. Yeah. So who knows? James, where can people find you, my friend? On Twitter, I um, my handle is at F1 in focus, James. And we are at F1 in focus pod. It's that easy. That Thank good. you so much for listening. So much for being on again. Yeah. Um, hopefully see you next week before the race or after the race, I think. I think pre-race uh, uh, podcast. I just look at the timings for that. We might be able to have time to do the podcast immediately after the race. Yeah, so we're fresh full of adrenaline and who knows what we're going to say Yeah. Um, when we are just stepping out of our seats. <laughs> entirely likely based on the stewards that we'll be discussing uh Penalties that don't actually have a penalty yet. Let's not go there, James. <laughs> not yet. See you next week, my friend. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Check out that. Give us a five-star reviews. And see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>